Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Super Bowl 58, live from Las Vegas. He drives the field goal right up the lane. And this has started in dynamite fashion. It's the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs win Super Bowl 57. It is a legacy moment for Patrick Mahomes. It is testimony to the genius of Andy Reid. And it is pandemonium for this generation of Chiefs. Super Bowl 58. Live on SEN. Good morning and welcome inside Allegiant Stadium on the Strip in Las Vegas for Super Bowl Sunday. The energy and the expectation is bursting around this town and particularly now inside this stadium. For generations, Sin City was taboo for football. The connotations of gambling scared the NFL rigid this past week though it has been a realization what the league had been denying itself and how perfectly suited this city is to such an extravaganza it's agreed that there has never been a build-up quite so big to america's showpiece game in the event capital of the world and it culminated last night in a fireworks display at midnight signaling the day was at hand it was the super bowl eve fireworks up over the strip and having been in the streets this morning, I can tell you that it felt like a town that had partied all night too. Yeah, they were a bit slow to rise here in Vegas. Game day, it has dawned brilliantly, brilliant blue and cloudless, bathed in the desert sun. So all the right cliches in the view out and around the stadium. And the stadium is a big centrepiece to this sleek black with silver lines, it's been dubbed the Death Star. And the genius of the design is to have on the northern wall, it's made of glass, so you can stare straight out at the iconic view of the strip. The game? Well, it's a power-packed matchup between San Francisco and Kansas City. The 49ers are a storied franchise. As many of you will know, the glory days were the 80s and the 90s. They reverberated around the world and they won plenty of affection in Australia. At quarterback now, they have what might prove to be the greatest Cinderella story of the NFL draft. The last player picked here is saddled with the unwanted moniker of Mr. Irrelevant. And two years ago, that was Brock Purdy at 262. And now he is leading the 49ers as favourites into a Super Bowl. It is preposterously improbable. The Chiefs, they're the team of the era. They're played in a fourth Super Bowl in five years with the great player of the day, the freakishly talented Patrick Mahomes, one of the most recognisable athletes in the world. From an Australian perspective, we've got a strong storyline. Mitch Wisnowski is the punter for the 49ers. He's one of only four Australians to play in a Super Bowl. He's the first to do it twice, and he's hoping for the breakthrough moment to become the first from our shores to play in the winning team. Taylor Swift is here. She got in from Tokyo with plenty of time to, swear, to uh, spare. She's wearing black. 
Uber has the half. Uh, Asher has the halftime honours. Post Malone and Reba McIntyre will perform in the pre-match. And Gwen Stefani has been rocking the main tailgate stage outside and been beamed into the stadium. We've got it all for you over the next few hours. The biggest annual event on the sporting calendar, Super Bowl 55 from Vegas, live right across the SEN network. Jared Waitley with you, and I'm thrilled to have the first Australian to play in a Super Bowl, Ben Graham, by my side. Hello to you, Benny. G'day, Jared. You summed that up beautifully. What a destination for a game of sport at this magnitude. It really is on the doorstep of the Strip. It's a beautiful backdrop to the mountains at the, in the desert with the snow cap. It really is a beautiful place, and it's been a wonderful week. It's been a huge build-up. The locals on the street last night were telling me that it was the busiest they've ever seen Vegas. Yeah, amazing. Day and night. The traffic wasn't moving. You couldn't get a spot on the sidewalk. It was to be seen to be believed, really. And it has been a fantastic week. We are looking forward to this. It should be a fantastic Super Bowl. Uh, so many storylines throughout. You mentioned the stadium. Rumour has it that there is a Chiefs flag that was buried at the <laughs> bottom of this stadium when it was being built. And the Chiefs, because they play in the AFC West, are 4-0 in this stadium. Might be sacred turf for it, them, Ben. It could be. I tell you what is not going to run in that favour is the crowd. This is going to be a partisan San Francisco crowd. Opening night here had 24,000. And because of proximity, the vast majority were from the Bay Area. And that has that is what's developing here is the special teams for the Chiefs came out to begin their warm-up and the boo that reverberated around the stadium. This is going to be a big 49ers crowd. Well, every game needs a villain and the villain this week has been the Chiefs. Maybe it is because of their recent success and the neutral fans wanted to see someone else play in the Super Bowl. Maybe it is the Taylor Swift uh, era, the football era. The, her jet was called the football era jet on the way over from Tokyo, mind you. But I think we should be celebrating greatness because he is in the middle of a legendary dynasty of the Kansas City Chiefs. And tall poppy syndrome doesn't exist in America. Maybe it is just sprinkled by 49ers fans because you are correct. It is a 90%. And look, both teams wear the colour red. But by the noise, it is 90% 49ers fans. We're inside 90 minutes to kick off. We've shared the week with lots of different friends from home, from around the world, including Chief, who does the All-American Hour on SEN. Chief, it's great to have you on our Super Bowl coverage. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Jared. Well, how does it feel to you as a build-up to a Super Bowl? Uh, it's just fantastic. Uh, getting the goosebumps, goose pimples, uh, just being here, the energy. Um, Great venue, best NFL stadium I've ever been to, brand new, great sight lines. We're up in, you know, we have a great, great view of the, state, of the field. We've got the diagonal view across the field, so lovely aerial shots that you'll see throughout the broadcast as well. In terms of, of a build-up, it's been hailed all across America as the biggest. It is Vegas has felt like the perfect city for such an event. Oh, yeah. I mean, just so many party venues, so many uh, fans that come here regularly to celebrate the Super Bowl who, when the game's not even hosted here. So uh, just so much energy, so much football. And uh, I think everyone is expecting a, a very exciting and most likely close game. What, what do you fancy is going to happen? 
Um, I, I give the edge to the San Francisco 49ers. The, the Chiefs have the edge at head coach, quarterback, and place kicker. But I think the other 44 guys that are going to be dressing, San Francisco has a much bigger edge. And I think the, the advantage of the skill position players, how good they are in San Francisco, and I think they're really lacking on the Kansas City Chiefs end, will be the difference. And I think Kyle Shanahan as a head coach will get his, the monkey off the back. Chief, it's great to have you as part of our coverage. Good to see you. Oh, thank you, guys. Have a great game. The All-American Hour here on SEN. Chiefs the Central plank in that. Larry Fitzgerald Sr. is going to join us in an hour's time as we move into game mode. There's a few stories to tell here, Ben, from an Australian perspective. You've lived this and what it meant to you to break down the barriers, to be the pioneer. Three others have joined you in Super Bowls. We're about to see Mitch Wisnowski for a second time. This time last year, we were looking down on Jordan Maylata, who, not a punter, so he's made it on the offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. We, we had a quick catch-up with him during the week. Just, a, I don't know, just a, a little sense of FOMO. Here's <laughs> Jordan Maylata, who played in last year's Super Bowl. Jordan Maylata, great to have you on SEN. Welcome back. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, sadly, I'm back, but uh, thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, did you just catch up with The Rock? Uh, you know, it's been a long time since I met The Rock. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know him. He doesn't know me. That was awesome. They uh, blessed me with this time. So that was cool. Show him a little bit of rugby league? Uh, I think he knew what he was. I think he, knew, he, he definitely knows what rugby is. So I kind of felt stupid showing him it. But, and again, he might, he might not. He's a busy man. Shooting movies. Yeah, shooting movies, making music. I mean, what else? Wrestling. He's running a, a competitive football league. You know, so good on for, good, good for him. Good for him indeed. Hey, this time last year, we were preparing to call your Super Bowl to see you in it. Uh, ben and I are in the broadcast box. Is there a little bit of FOMO being here and not being part of it? There is, there is. But I'm, uh, uh, at the same time, it's like it's bittersweet. Like I'm glad I get to have free time because when you go all the way, the, the off season is such a short gets cut down so you don't really have enough time to really kick back and relax and I had a lot of I had a family emergency last year so I, I shot back home right away um, and you know didn't really have time off like just from as soon as we ended all up until now so it was an incredible game wasn't it Ben to think back on um, how do you reflect on it uh, sad sad uh, I get sad thinking about it you know, it was just so close when, you, when you're so close to something and it doesn't you don't really finish that's that's all you can do the shoulda coulda woulda uh you know the game the snaps that you did bad that's all you think about and um yeah i mean i haven't really watched the game from start to finish i haven't so i just can't do it yeah just just can't do it it's all right mate it's all right well there is a pattern here because two years ago we did meet on radio road last year made to the super bowl this year radio road next year back to the Super Bowl for I'm not Eagles superstitious. fans in Australia. <laughs> I'm not superstitious, but Stevie Wonder, so we'll see what happens. See what happens. How big was the experience of, of the week and the build-up to, to the big game? It's, it's great, man. You get closer with the guys. You know, everything's like, there's a lot of tape around you, so you, there's only you know, so many so many parts where you can go. Um, I don't know about this this year, being in Vegas, all that temptation around here. And that's, that surely has got to be hard, but it's a reason why both teams are half an hour away from the strip. So, you know, just soak it in. You've got to soak up the moments. So who wins the big game? Who, who wins and why? I don't have a horse in the race, but um, if I did, I can't say. <laughs> so me to know. Right, who's got the better know. offensive line? Chiefs. 
Interesting. Defensive line. Best defensive line you've come up against this year. Oh, minus. Minus. They got the better defensive line. So that's where the game's going to be won or lost, right? Chiefs offensive line versus defensive line of the 49ers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strength on strength. There's no, there's, it's going to be a headbutt. See, just keep headbutting, just keep headbutting. Who, who's going to lose? The person who, as soon as the will and want to gives up, that's who's going to win. So as soon as you start seeing players and their effort start to dip, that's when the game's lost. Jordan, for so much of the season, it looked like it would be the Eagles here. Is it, is it frustrating the way that the, the season finished and petered out for you? For sure. I mean, as professionals, you want to be playing in the Super Bowl. And when you fall short, getting knocked out of the, the playoffs the you know, first week, it's, it's hard. It's, it's bone crushing, heart crushing, whatever crushing it is. It's, it's the worst feeling that you want because as a professional, this is what you get paid to do. You want to play in the big dance. And when you're not playing the big dance, shit, you end up on Radio Row. <laughs> you know, and, and it, it's, it's the ultimate goal is to always play in the Super Bowl. And that's, you know, ever, ever since tasting that last year, it's where I want to be every year. Um, so, chasing Super Bowls, man, it's where you want to be. The retirement of Jason Kelsey, it's a big moment for the sport, it's a big moment for your team, it's a big moment for your line. Is What's he meant to you since coming over? Uh, he's been the older brother figure, um, shown me the ropes, always putting me in my place whenever I needed to be, you know, and he wasn't afraid to ever tell me the truth, and that's what helped me grow as a person and as a player. I mean, you can't have... And online, you can't have errors. Um, even the smallest errors will, will cause everyone else to, to bleed out. So that's one thing that I learned. We all got to be on the same page. And he was never, never uh, shy to, to, to be honest with me and, and tell me where my weakness is at so I can improve. Is he an all-time great of the sport? Yes, sir. Yes, sir 100%. 100%. Very good. Jordan, it's great to catch up with you. Pleasure, boys. Pleasure. Jordan Maylada with us during the week. So he was playing the Super Bowl this time last year. We're watching Mitch Wisnowski, whose time comes now, Ben, just going through his warm-up routine on the NFL emblem in centre field right now. Yeah, he's actually had a really good warm-up. Both punters have. They haven't missed the spiral, and their punts inside the 20 have all landed inside the 10. They will play a huge role today, both punters, in the battle of the field position, and also... The kickers, Harrison Butker, the veteran kicker for the Chiefs, and the rookie, Jake Moody, for the 49ers. But I love Mitch Wisnowski's story. He's been in the league for five years now. This is his second Super Bowl. He made Super Bowl 54 in his rookie season. And if I compare my time in my first Super Bowl, when it was such a crazy year, I latched on to my third team. And it was everything's happened so quickly. Yep. But for him, he's been the one team for five years he knows he's been here before. He, he believes in his own ability. He knows he plays behind a good offense. It's You don't want to not want to punt, but you know if you don't, you're playing behind a really good offense that continue to move the chains that give your team the best chance to win. His biggest role might be holding for a field goal. He spoke to us on opening night as well as his family. He said there were two people that he wanted here. One was Nathan Chapman from Pro Kick and the other's his best mate for life. Josh Webster, they are in town. I caught up with them on their way to the stadium. We will tell you that story next. Our Super Bowl coverage, we're dressed thanks to Ringers Western. Whether it's the paddock or the pub, Ringers Western has the kit to keep you cool this summer. Super Bowl 58 on SEM, live from Las Vegas. 
The one thing we haven't had yet is an Australian playing in a winning Super Bowl team. Yeah. What would it mean to you if it was you on Sunday? Yeah, it, w- it would be amazing to uh, yeah be the first Aussie to play in and win. It would yeah mean the world. Who will be here to support you in the stands come Sunday? Uh, it'll be mum, dad, my sister, Nathan Chapman and Josh Webster. Nathan runs Pro Kick and Josh is my, my best mate forever. So they'll all be coming over. And then we've got uh, my wife, Maddie, my daughter, Bowie. Bowie probably won't remember much, but if, if I win, I want to share that moment with my daughter. Mitch Wisnowski with us at the start of Super Bowl week on SEN and the two people other than his family that he most wanted here were Nathan Chapman who he owes so much to with Pro Kick and Josh Webster who he described as his best friend forever and I'm rapt to say that they're with us on SEN on game day. Nathan, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Hey Jared, this is the first time I've uh, been around it so I'm, I'm so excited, can't wait to see it today. And Josh, uh, welcome to welcome to Vegas. Yeah, thanks, uh, Yeah, super excited to be here. How far do you go back with Mitch, Josh? Uh, I've known Mitch since I was 10 years old. We did uh, little athletics together. Um, yeah, first season in and yeah, just like that we clicked. So yeah, been best friends since that, that year. So you've seen his whole journey. What's it going to be like when you go to your seats shortly and sit down and watch him play in a Super Bowl? Uh, we're, we're all very excited, quite anxious just to get the game going. But um, yeah, we're super pumped. Um, yeah, just excited to see the form that they'll bring into this game. So as 10-year-olds, what were your sporting dreams together? Uh, well, back then, um, I'd just moved from playing soccer to AFL. Uh, Mitch was still playing soccer at the time, but uh, Little Athletics was our uh, sport through summer. So um, we pretty much um, we were doing athletics for about another five years, and then Mitch eventually um, transferred from soccer to AFL. And from there on, I think um, that's where Pro Kick came in, and yeah. He's now now here today. How how would you describe the the punt the gamble of of moving his life first to Melbourne and then over here to chase this dream? I always find that term pretty funny, gamble. Um, a lot, I know a lot of people thought that when he first uh, made the move, but knowing Mitch and the commitment that he has to anything he puts his mind to, I saw it as more of an investment. So yeah, definitely didn't doubt him at any point, and yeah, it's all paid off. Yeah. So how? It's how big you're prepared to dream, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And um, when Mitch, like I said, when Mitch puts his mind to something, he um, yeah tends to achieve what he wants. All right, Nathan, when did he first come onto your radar? Well, when Josh let him out of his grasp and let him come to Melbourne. So uh, we got a, f- a phone call from someone in Perth. Craig Wilson said, hey, you've seen someone kick a ball here and uh, he's pretty talented. What do you think? So um, as soon as we saw that film... Uh, got him on the phone and said hey listen this is certainly something that you should look into and yeah a couple of months later he'd moved to Melbourne sold his house moved to Melbourne and said I'm in um, yeah. and slept on someone's floor Timmy Gleason's floor and stayed with his family and started training with us and it was uh, yeah, a great journey you know to, to kick it off but we saw the talent but you're right you know Josh he, he just worked really hard and seemed to enjoy what he was doing. What were the qualities that you saw in him when you first saw him kick? Well he's got a pretty good athletic build uh, very natural with a ball, like, love soccer, volleyball, so that whole fluent motion that he had about being around a ball was really seamless. Um, and then he could thump it. So, you know, that allowed us the, the good framework to say, OK, let's tighten up the, the little nuances of kicking a, an American ball. Um, but he certainly 
certainly put a lot behind it, which enabled us to you know, confidently know that we could send him to college. We thought he had a pretty good future after that, but there's a lot of, you know, it's basically pro sport, even at college level. So you've got to, you've got to get through three or four years of that to, to make a name for yourself, which he did. What level of dedication does that take? Um, well, again, I mean, there's, there's going to be different levels of ability, which, you know, you add the dedication and then you can sort of, you can get to that top end of that elite bracket. But So he had sort of both. Worked really hard. Again, dedicated to move states to just to learn how to kick a ball. Dedicated enough um, to want to move to America and transition you know, across there and uh, live that life. Uh, but then also to get his degree, right? So you're doing sport, you're doing academics at the same time. And, you, you know, so they had to go hand in hand. You couldn't just think it was just about the football. So really, the I guess he put his mind to the whole holistic you know, view of what does being a college athlete look like? I've got to do well in both. Um, and sort of, you know, put him in great stead to come out the other side. Did you see a bit of the college years for Mitch, Josh? Uh, yeah, I watched him and followed him through um, what I could from back home, but got to go and visit him when he was at Utah. Um, and, yeah, that was, uh, was exciting because you don't really uh, hear about how um, big college football is back home. And, it's yeah, it's, for certain towns that don't have their own NFL team, it's just as big as an NFL team. How mind blowing was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was amazing. We went to one of the um, really cool games. It was a it was a blackout game, so they were all wearing uh, black in the crowd. And um, yeah, it was a full stadium. It was sold out fifty thousand, and they I think they successfully sell out fifty thousand nearly every game. All right. So from college to the NFL, and this is the this is the big step. And and he got drafted. Yeah. Um, just give us your insights into that transition for him. Yeah. Well, he um, I guess he was doing pretty well at college. Uh, he won the Ray Guy Award, which is best college punter for the year. Um, so he probably came out at the right time uh, with a pretty good profile. Um, you know, from I guess our we'll call it inside looking at the at the whole game throughout college, he had the biggest profile coming out we thought he'd get drafted you know we we're really hoping it depends on how high right so uh, got drafted really high for a punter um, and we sort of knew then that you know his transition is going right okay now he's stepping into that that big league got to get through that first year do a good job get the trust of the team that he goes to and um, he certainly did that in his first year with the 49ers but he's you know he's just built every year since then he's, he's actually quite a solid and talented. How cutthroat is that first stage <clears throat> for the punter when he arrives in an NFL team? Well, when you, yeah, when you, like any draft pick, right, in any sport, you know, there's eyes on you. Um, but it's a really big transition from the year. And you sort of think 12 months before that, you're trying to prepare for your last year of college. So it's a big off season. Then you've got to have a big season. Then you've got to be mentally and physically in a great space from the end of your last game right up leading into the draft. You've got to be prepared to kick a ball at any stage. Then you've got to be mentally ready to be in that draft period. Then you get drafted. Then you've got to go to training again. And then you've got your season. So it's literally two years of physical, mental work that they've got to go through, which he handled himself really well, exhausted after that. And then he really set himself up for the years after that. Josh, have you seen him play for the 49ers often? Um, yeah, so definitely following him back home. But I had the privilege to come out in his first season um, and that was exciting. We got to see him both at home but also play away in uh, LA um, and both wins. So definitely a good good uh, first visit. And then, yeah, got to see him at his first Super Bowl, which was his first season as well. So, again, disappointing outcome, but the experience was um, awesome to share with him. What was life like for him um, in San Francisco as he settled in? Uh, yeah, so he... Um, 
definitely settled in very well. Um, obviously very anxious being you know drafted to uh, his first season, but you know a new a new new step in his Lyme journey. Um, I think San Francisco sorry San Francisco suits him very well. Um, he's definitely enjoys um, California and you know the West Coast of America. So yeah, he's um, he's enjoying it, and yeah, to this day he hasn't regretted his choice at all. Yeah, he feels incredibly settled with his family life and really settled as a footballer as well. Is what are your observations of him? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, as a football player, he's definitely settled. But I think as he's grown with his partner and now his um, now his family, so he's married with a, a little girl. So yeah, definitely um, see that he's very very happy. What does it mean for Pro Kick to have Mitch at his second Super Bowl? Yeah, um, you know we want we want the yeah it's like a fairy tale again. We'd like it to play out that way, but it is sport. There, someone will win and someone will lose. We hope it's a uh, 49ers this time and Mitch but I think um, you know for us personally it's probably just a little uh, reminder of maybe some of the life-changing I guess experiences that some of the guys who go across the college um, will experience and this is probably the, the the echelon of the whole thing that full circle of wanting to first pick up a phone say can I kick a football coming down to training maybe making it to college going through college and then making the pros and then to get a Super Bowl would be amazing and I think uh, I guess you know we'd pinch ourselves as well um, if that came off so we're pretty excited to, to see it play out. Your program is brilliant and proven and to have Australia's first Super Bowl champion it'd be like it would be hard not to be emotionally invested in it I imagine. Yeah um, I'd probably retweet some you know some things about that um, look at it it'd be fun like all we want is the guys to be happy and follow a path in their life. And if this is where it leads them, we'll happily tag along for that journey as well and ride it with them. It's a um, yeah, pretty special moment to see. See Again, I've never been to a Super Bowl. I haven't been to many NFL games myself. So for me, I'm like a kid in a candy store, um, really excited about today. And you know, whatever happens, happens. But um, yeah, it would, I'd be really proud um, to say that this could be something that's changed Mitch's life forever. And, you know, like to be the first ever playing one. That'd be cool. Um, we'll get along for that, right? It would be cool. How are you feeling, Josh? you feel nervy for him? What are your emotions like? Um, not feeling too nervous. I mean, we got the opportunity to see him yesterday for a short time. I think comparing it back to his first Super Bowl, he's a lot more uh, relaxed and more settled and, and calm. And he seems, I think he's quite confident and he's ready. He's definitely ready. So I think that helps us um, feel the same as him. Has the family got that? Will we be looking for an Australian flag or anything? Do you know what anyone's brought over? Uh, no, I don't think we'll have an Australian flag with us, but um, you know, we'll, be, we'll be nice and loud and everyone will be able to tell who we are. All right, we'll keep an eye out for you in the stadium. Josh, thank you for joining us. No, thank you very much. And Nathan, it's great to catch up. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it, mate. Nathan Chapman and Josh Webster. So Nathan runs Pro Kick Australia, sending punters on their way here. And Josh Webster, Mitch Wisnowski's best friend for life. I know that Nathan was, after that interview, he was going to trawl the shops to see if he could find a Wisnowski jersey. He wasn't fully decked out for the Super Bowl, but somewhere in here, that heart for Australia really beats for Mitch as the punter for the 49ers. Here's Nathan in the newsroom.
Super Bowl 58 on SEN, live from Las Vegas. Put you in the mood for what's about to unfold as our morning in Australia unfolds. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, the venue for Super Bowl 58. The warm-ups are happening down below us. We're an hour and change away from kickoff and all the festivities that go with it. Brian Curtis is about to join me. He's the editor at large at The Ringer. There are so many stories in this Super Bowl, both on the field and off, from Taylor Swift to Tony Romo to Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. We're going to explore those coming up in our Super Bowl 58 coverage. Super Bowl 58 on SEN, live from Las Vegas. The field has been cleared here at Allegiant Stadium after the warm-ups for the Chiefs and the 49ers are complete and they will now set the stage for the formalities and for the game itself. Kick-off in 55 minutes' time here in Vegas. There's so many threads to this Super Bowl as a pop culture event as a, a sporting phenomenon that it has grown to be, how it plays here and around the world. There's nobody better to explore such matters with than the editor-at-large at The Ringer and a great friend of my program, Brian Curtis. Our annual catch-up, Brian Curtis. It's great to see you at the Super Bowl. It's so great to see you, Jared, and in Vegas this time. In, so we're, we're not Vegas guys, are we? No, we're not Vegas no. guys. Well, we weren't until this week. Do we have to reevaluate? Well, we think Vegas is a great Super Bowl town, don't we? It's amazing. It's amazing because it's all here. You can Super Bowl, you can go, go to concerts, you can eat like a king. I, I feel like I'm now part of the tourist board, so stop me before <laughs> I get too crazy, but it has been a great week. So was it, uh, does it feel a little unexpected? Is that, I don't know, is we, we have learnt the history of sport in Vegas and how troubled that had been and yet it's so natural for an event like this. Yeah and then you know the only thing that was holding the NFL back was gambling and then as in Australia gambling became legal everywhere and all of a sudden everybody said okay so we can just have this in Vegas and I think even somebody like me and perhaps you underestimated just how much there is to do even around a big event like the Super Bowl which is its own cultural weather system of a sort there's just so much added on by being here versus being in Miami or Phoenix or even Los Angeles. Do you imagine this becomes a regular Super Bowl city? I think so. I, th I think if, if everything goes off Sunday, minus some major blackout, yeah. this will become the new go-to. And by the way, it should be. Yeah. The Super Bowl is a star-sporting event anyway, so there shouldn't be any shyness around it. What, what have we learnt across the season, the Taylor Swift season, well, the arguments really changed in the last week because then somehow it became a political issue oh, yeah. tied up in the 2024 presidential election, which are not, is not words I thought I would be saying to you about Taylor Swift. I think what we learned is that we finally found a cultural force in America that is as big as the NFL. And maybe we knew that about Taylor Swift. We probably did. But to see them come together and to see that there could be a multiplier effect to football in the United States. That's, that's shocking. That's absolutely mind-blowing. And people who have no interest in football or the Kansas City Chiefs suddenly tuning in and not wanting to miss a moment. I just think, you know, I, I just, I'm always coming like, football is America. It's inextricable. When the pandemic happened, football had to happen or yep. American society would have collapsed. I think I've said that to you before. But now you bring Taylor into it. And you're like, oh my goodness. We have these two behemoths coming together at one place, and it is 
that I think has been eye-opening even for people who thought she was big and thought football was big. What might the Super Bowl effect be, do you think, if she gets there? It feels like the last 24 hours is all going to be spent on, will she get there? <laughs> yeah, we're usually worried about player injured player yes. playing. We're about Taylor making the flight over from Tokyo. I think we're going to see record viewership. It's about 115 million last year. I think we will get way over that. Uh, and just an awareness, a different kind of awareness. So like somebody, I think of my mom. My mom's going to watch the Super Bowl anyway, but she will have a storyline now that she will understand even if she does not pay any attention to the football. So I think the biggest difference I would see between our two industries, our two football industries, is is the review, the critique of the media performers and Tony Romo being Exhibit A and the, the outstanding piece that you wrote on The Ringer, which is the culmination of sort of seven years of observation <laughs> and work. What, yeah, it was what, like the Talmud, yes, yeah. the, the Bible I've studied. What is the Romo effect right now? Um, he's a fascinating guy. Yeah. He's one, he is the most talented announcer, but one of, but maybe the most talented announcer in understanding the medium of television I've ever seen. Just by being human, it's almost like an actor in a way. You very rarely see that in sports television, or at least at that level. And then you watch him, and he says stuff, and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's got holes in his game. I don't know if he knows the names of some of these players on the field right now. So it, it's frustrating. You know, it's so easy to say he's the greatest of all time or he's the worst of all time. I don't think yeah. he, I think he is actually both of those things at the same <laughs> time. That's Tony Romo to me. How, how much does the football intellect and being able to put it across matter against the magnetism in his television performance and and the push and pull there i would think people in television would tell you that's the, the key is the television magnetism that's the thing you can't teach or it's very very hard to teach the football points are graded by people like you and me so if you have that if you have people a magnetism to people at home you can get away with a lot of stuff and I think he does. I don't think he's going to change all that much. I don't think CBS is going to get rid of him. Like seventeen million dollars yes. a year, he's fine. So I, you know, I think he actually has, weirdly enough, the most important thing, which is he knows how to be on TV. I found so we were in the street the other day and just got chatting to a lady. And she asked what we were doing and was here to call the Super Bowl. She said, "Can I?" Can I hear your call? I have to turn the volume down when Romo was on. I thought, oh, my. That's just a random, uh, I think she was a chief supporter, in the street that she would have that reaction rather than that there's something sort of, it feels like there's an innocent, cockeyed optimism to him in the way that he calls a game, which I would have thought might have drawn the regular fan in perhaps more than it does. I think it did initially, and then he got his $17 million a year contract. And look, Tony Romo was a fabulously well-paid football player, but I think that changed something in the public mind. And people begin to see him as, okay, he's very rich now. He's getting rich at being folksy and human. And that sort of changed the image a little bit. And aren't you, aren't you glad you don't have this in Australia where every utterance would be picked apart, Jared? <laughs> every line. By some goofball like me? <laughs> did he get what this did Waitley right say yesterday? <laughs> and the season that the NFL has had uh, and the measurables, so its television ratings are still going up. It dominated that top 100 list like you couldn't have imagined. <laughs> it feels like the rest of television is deteriorating. You spoke this time last year around the sheer power of the NFL. Is that, is that magnified still? It is, and I think the only question before us is, it's the king of television. Will it also be the king of streaming? 
this year we had our very first NFL playoff game that was on streaming only on the Peacock streaming service. That was very interesting. Still got 20 million viewers. Think of that, just 20 million. That was a lowish number for a playoff game. But I think what they're worried about now is, will we be number one in the next world? We're all crossing a bridge together here. And if you're number one in television, you're not going to say, oh, we want to be in the top ten. No, we want to be number one in streaming. And that's what they're trying to figure out. Will the world change? Will American viewership habits change as we cross over? Cross, sound like I'm a seance here, crossing the <laughs> veil. But will, will we actually, you know, think of content and differently? And the NFL wants everything to do everything it can to make sure that doesn't happen. The Super Bowl that we have in front of us is power-packed, different philosophies. One has the great quarterback. One has the, the most glorious story of the last man picked. Um, how does it all, how does it look to you? I cannot pick against Patrick Mahomes. This doesn't require a Tony Romo PhD in football to say this, but how can you not watch the playoffs this year and say, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way to win. He makes it look so easy. That's what's been so striking. There's some measurable where you not only turnovers, but turnover-worthy plays. He's had zero in the postseason. Not a ball that hit a defensive back in the hands and he dropped. None. He's made it look so easy. And I just can't believe he won't win that game. Also, Brock Purdy, fabulous stories to say. It's very hard to picture Brock Purdy as a Super Bowl champion. Maybe we will be saying yeah. this on Sunday night. But until that happens, I can't wrap my mind around him winning a Super Bowl. Not because of his ability, which is really, really extraordinary. It's kind of because of how he looks. He, do, you know, he doesn't just cut the figure of that. And a lot of us, our minds might be rewired on Sunday. I don't know. The difference in philosophies or realities. So one pays the quarterback everything and makes do with whatever else you can. One has the all-world team with the make-do quarterback. And when those two collide, it feels like there's a bit of a cultural study in that as well. There certainly is. But I think the secret to Kansas City is their defense has been really good this year. And they've run the ball a lot more. So what they've actually done is ask Patrick Mahomes to do less. When they were at their worst, it was like, go out and be a magician on every play. Yeah. Sometimes he would, and sometimes he'd throw an interception. This year, it's like, we're going to run the ball, we're going to play great defense, and that's how we'll win. They've become a much more complete team, and I think that is the hidden secret to KC, is their culture actually turned out to be a little different than what we thought it was. Brian, it's great to catch up. If, if we wandered a floor and, and decided to play something in the casino, what would we play? So blackjack is always my just the easiest game yep. to me. Now, it's like a $25 minimum, Jared. How flush are you? No, are we, are, no, are we that, gonna have, that's a bit frightening. <laughs> you know, if you double the bet, you know. Like so a I think at the Tropicana, which they're about to knock down, there might be a $10 table. There. I actually saw a $5 oh, table. Oh, $5. Is that, that more, your, <laughs> more your speed? <laughs> it might be. Uh, Brian, above all, it's great to see you. Thanks great for to joining see you, Jared, us again. as always. Brian Curtis is the editor at large at The Ringer. His Romo piece is on that website. We catch up every year. He's a great man to set the threads for the Super Bowl as Taylor Swift is here. There's no tension around that at all. Super Bowl 58 on SEN live from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Larry Fitzgerald soon, Senior soon to join Ben Graham and I for the call. Super Bowl 58 on SEN live from Las Vegas. The crowd is pouring into Allegiant Stadium. There's so much to do on the outside in the build-up to a Super Bowl with the stages that are erected. The main tailgate party was Gwen Stefani. But now you want to be inside to savour it all in the formal program, which Ben Graham we will soon see. Um, what a splendid stadium. Beautiful. It is one of the great stadiums. $2, million, $2 billion US to build. Three years it took. 
It's a really intimate stadium. The, the field is quite uh, narrow. It's not as big as some of the other stadiums. It means more seats feel like they're sitting on top of the field. Just went for a quick walk around the bowels before. It feels like we're at a 49ers home game, Yeah, Jared. It is absolutely one-sided. I just want to take you back, though, to that Mitch Wisnowski. It was a great interview with Nathan and Josh. What a journey he's been on. Sacrifice, commitment, family, work ethic, and the talent, obviously, to get him this far. But I do also want to give a shout-out to the godfather of Australian punting, Darren Bennett. Yes. We all need someone we can look up to in life, and my journey was Darren Bennett. Mitch Wisnowski is going to be that guy for so many aspiring Australian punters and athletes making the journey into the NFL. It'll be a big moment in our sporting culture when we have a winner, won't it? As four of you have done it. He's doing it for a second time. So far on the wrong end of the result. We're only a four-man gang at the minute. He's going to be a one-man band if he can win it. It'll be awesome for the country. We were at the NFL International event on Thursday, uh, Friday night, and every country almost feels like it's represented in some way, shape, or form. But to have Mitch Wisnowski here today flying the Australian flag, it would be an historical moment if the 49ers could win. Our game coverage from Super Bowl 58 after Nathan in the newsroom. Super Bowl 58 on SEN, live from Las Vegas. Welcome to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. That's the iconic sign on your way into town. And the first stop is Allegiant Stadium, the venue for Super Bowl 58 between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. The 49ers have looked the best team of the season. The Chiefs are the best team of the era, having made four of the past five Super Bowls. And Patrick Mahomes is looking for his third ring. Jared Waitley to call it for you. Ben Graham is by my side. We have a three-man booth when we come to Super Bowls. We are honoured to have Larry Fitzgerald Sr. with us. The easiest introduction, which he won't understand, is he's the Mike Sheen of the NFL. Higher praise cannot be bestowed. Larry, welcome back to SEN. Thank you so much. Good to be with you both uh, in Las Vegas. Welcome uh, to an incredible uh, opportunity. The first ever world championship in the National Football League in Las Vegas. Gambling is real. (laughs) It's been a huge build-up in this town, Larry. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, for many, there have been obstacles that they thought this would never happen. They didn't want it to happen. It, it says a lot of things, but the NFL has embraced it. They've embraced it because of FanDuel and DraftKings and uh, the ability to make a lot of wealth around a game that has uh, just taken on a life of its own. The world loves the National Football League. They love its uh, association with the Super Bowl. And uh, a few years ago, the Supreme Court voted 6-3 to to authorize voting in the states in the U.S. I cover sports in Minnesota. It's not legal in Minnesota. You cannot bet in Minnesota. But you can certainly bet in Las Vegas and in 38 other states across the United States. And that's why... This Super Bowl is so unique and uh, in many ways is one that I have to pinch myself to believe that I'm doing this. So this is number 58 in terms of Super Bowls. How many have you been at, Larry? This is number 45 for me, so I am uh, truly blessed. 
I hitched on the uh, NFL wagon back in 19, well, uh, uh, 1981. The Oakland Raiders took on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I did it because I wanted to, as a columnist, understand what it truly means to cover the biggest game and how you have to elevate your personal game to match up to what it is you're trying to do. And uh, so it, it started then. I continued it. I did the Dennis Green radio show, one of the legendary coaches in Minnesota for, for eight years. Obviously, you may have heard of my son, Larry Jr. We have. He's been working for ESPN the last couple of years on their countdown show. And he played 17 magnificent years for the Arizona Cardinals. So when I look up at the sky, I'm looking up at, uh, at God who has blessed me. And it is truly great to be with you guys again. How have you seen it grown over those uh, over those 45 years, Larry, to the international phenomenon that it is today? It's, it's, a, it's remarkable how, and you were talking about on the pregame show, the ratings. I mean, do you realize that like 90 NFL games are in the top rated television shows for the entire year in the United States? And this will be the highest rated Super Bowl ever. It's, it's not even close when you consider and you mentioned it Taylor Swift she's here she is a remarkable talent and she's fallen right into the middle of politics in America and whether you like Donald Trump or not whether you believe in Joe Biden or not she is who she is and she's leading a remarkable voter registration across the United States because she believes in people voting and taking advantage of that God given right I believe in young love and football, and that's how it's all come together with great music as well. So she's here to support Taylor, Ke uh, to uh, support Travis Kelsey, and she'll be heading for Melbourne after here as well. Super Bowl 58 on SEN live from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. We'll clear our last break now so we can settle in all the festivities, the anticipation, the build-up, the anthems, and then kick off in half an hour here in Vegas.